Hey friend, welcome to the Cup of Chels podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Holden. And as you can tell by the name, Cup of Chels is because I'm obsessed with coffee. But more than that, I am so passionate about giving you a weekly dose of inspiration and uplifting encouragement. You can also be sure to chime in to interviews and conversations with some amazing people. So grab a cup of coffee, get comfy, and let's dive in to today's show. Hey there, welcome to episode number 49. I originally sat down and recorded this all in one session, but really wanted to put it into two different parts so that you can enjoy it, really digest what I had to say, and also just you know, make it more digestible for you, if you will. So in this episode, I am talking about my personal spiritual journey and how that's looked in order to bring you some comfort and to maybe just give you an example of what a journey can look like. So without further ado, let's dive into part one of my spiritual journey. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Cup of Chels podcast. You are listening to episode number 49. And today I really wanted to share about my spiritual journey. I have been on this journey for quite some time. And really over the last year, I have really come to embrace new elements of my practice and try out different modalities. And I share a little bit about that with you, but I really wanted to just kind of take this as an opportunity to just let you know where I started and where I'm at right now and where I see myself going in the hopes that it will give you some encouragement in the hopes that it will let you know you're not alone that you are loved and supported, and that there is so much beauty in change, and there's so much beauty in growth. And even with some difficulties or obstacles that may come up, I invite you to remember that these obstacles, these pain points, these failures as you're perceiving them, are all lessons, and they're all detours in the direction that you're meant to go. You know, I think we a lot of times have our life pictured exactly as we want it to go. You know, we feel maybe by the time we're 30, I know for me at least, by 30, I thought I would have been married with kids. Well, I, I'm i 39 now, and while I am married to the most loving and supportive husband and life partner anyone could ask for, I yet don't have kids. And so having kiddos is a spiritual journey all in of itself, too. So I wasn't sure. I knew, I had this idea to talk about my spiritual journey wasn't sure when I wanted to talk about it or when I was going to share it or where. And I knew that this episode needed to get recorded. And honestly, it just, it hit me intuitively. 
And it was so funny because, well, and I say funny because I believe that the universe and our guides and God all have a sense of humor and a way to show us what it is we need in the moment. But we have to be willing. We have to be open. We have to ask for help. So I was coming into my office, not really knowing, but kind of having this idea, well, maybe I could talk about this or that, or, you know, let's see, what should we talk about? And so I've got this desk calendar from the book, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And, you know, we were out of town for Thanksgiving. So I'm flipping through and tearing off the the days that have already passed. And I love to just read the little messages. And I get to today, which is actually, it's a Saturday, Sunday combination. And I'm recording this on Saturday before December 1st. So today, as I'm recording, it's November 28th. By the time you hear this, it's December 1st, which is the first day of the last month of 2020. If that doesn't give you some comfort, I don't know what will. I think that's huge. But I'm I'm flipping through this and here, here's what the quote says. Spirituality begins when you decide that you'll never stop trying. It just hit me like a ton of bricks. It hit me as such a confirmation that no, it's time. It's time that I that I talk about my spiritual journey and that I just share with you. So I am just going to sit back and just kind of pour my heart out and talk about this again in the, in the hopes that you find some comfort in this, in the hopes that you feel encouraged, in the hopes that you just know how deeply loved and supported you are and that we're all connected, that you're not alone and you don't have to be alone. You know, I mean, you're not alone anyway, but you don't have to feel alone. We always have support. Always. It's forever there. And it just takes us being brave enough to ask for that help. So grab your coffee, grab some tea, wherever it is, you know, you're listening to me. I really just hope that you take this time to be intentional to receive whatever it is that you need to receive out of the message today. And, you know, if it's not for you, maybe you weren't meant to hear it right now, but come back to it, you know, or if you feel like it would be for somebody else, then please don't keep me a secret and and share this podcast episode with them. You know, it's, that's what it's all about. It's all about just taking this message that I am channeling through me today to send to you for that love, for that support, to remind you that we're all connected and you're not alone. So I hope that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope that you were able to spend it with people that you love. And I hope that you felt some glimpses of comfort over the holiday wherever you're at right now, know that I am sending you so much love and so much light and know that I am just deeply, deeply grateful for the fact that you're even listening right now. I know that there's a lot of episodes. I know that there's a lot of podcasts. There's so much out there vying for our time and our attention. And the fact that you're tuning in right now is not by mistake. I don't believe in coincidences. I never have. And even more so now in my spiritual journey, 
I know that it's just synchronicities taking you exactly where you need to go. So when I was younger, we went to church a lot with my mom. My parents divorced when I was really young. And my mom grew up in Westlaco, which is a really, um, it's a small town down in the valley in South Texas. And what my mom grew up in Westlaco. And so her family, her mom and brother and sister were all still in the Westlaco area. So growing up, we would go to church with my grandmother and my mom's side of the family. We would drive from McAllen, usually most Sunday mornings, which it was about 20 minutes, but when you're a kiddo, it felt like forever. <laughs> it felt like it was so hard to get up out of bed that early in the morning and just go to church, right? It was just kind of the last thing you want to do as a kiddo, especially on the weekend and like your last day of the weekend before you have to go back to school. And one thing that I remember about that time, though, is, you know, driving what felt like so early, but my mom would stop to get gas. And usually she would get us, we were allowed to like get a snack. So a lot of times I remember grabbing a sleeve of those white powdered donuts and a like sunny delight or an orange juice. I think usually it was sunny delight and not every time, but that it's, it's so fun to me how some memories are so vivid. And I also remember just driving to Westlaco and always looking out at the clouds. And I would imagine that the clouds on the horizon, when they would be coming up, they always look like mountains to me. You know, I would pretend that they were mountains and it would be many, many years before I ever saw big mountains in real life. Cause down in the valley, it's flat, 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 flat. Yeah. I didn't see mountains for the first time until Ronnie and I were We were engaged and went to Colorado. It was my first time in Colorado. That was a whole spiritual experience in and of itself. But, you know, when we were young, we would go to church all the time and we went to Church of Christ. So I grew up Christian and I always sat, you know, I sat with my mom and and my family in the very back row. That's where my grandma always sat and we would you know, I wouldn't really pay attention a whole lot, you know, as most kids don't. I do remember there was one period of time when we were going to Sunday school and that allowed me to start connecting. It allowed me to, you know, I guess be more intentional in my listening because you're in a smaller group and other kids. And I remember one of the kids in there, and I think it must've been the preacher's daughter knew all the, all the books in the Bible. Like she could just repeat them out. And that stood out to me for whatever reason or another. I think I was really impressed by that. And then I, of course, I remember, you know, the the songs that Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. You know, uh, just all the the children's songs are what stuck with me a lot. And over the years, as we went to church, I developed a relationship with a family who sat on the opposite side of the church in the very front row. And they had three kiddos. They, actually, they had six kids. They had three They had a set of older children who were already out of the house, and then they had a set of younger children who were still in the house. And I loved to sit with them up in the front 
because I was, I guess, in a way able to pay more attention to the sermon. And plus I was just connecting with them on a different level and they had younger children, younger than me. And I, I loved being around them. And I, you know, I still love being around kids and I would babysit for them. And I think it was just their loving presence that felt so comforting to me and felt so warm and inviting. So in my time, you know, developing this great relationship with this beautiful family and us still going to church, you know, I knew that I wanted to be baptized. And so I think I was around, I want to say I was around maybe 12, around that age, you know, between 10 and and 12 when I got baptized. And shortly after that, I went to church camp and, you know, met some, some girls that I hung out with at church camp and learned more songs, right? I, I just had, had this love for music and for singing. And, you know, those, those are the memories that stuck out with me at church camp. You know, it was kids my age, people that I could see myself in as a young girl who were so convicted, you know, so just had this sense of knowing and believing, right? And and hindsight now being older and being more awake, I can really see this clearly now. You know, when we're going through things, a lot of times I don't think we have the full picture because we have to go through it. It's not until we step away from it that we can really see what all is happening and and the shifts that are happening and, and changing us and shaping us. So I loved going to church camp. It was so fun. It was so fun to connect. It was so fun to just learn about God and our Savior. And I held on to that for a little while. But over time, we got older. Me and my sister got older. You know, we started going to junior high and high school. And it got to a point where we just stopped going to church. You know, I'm sure my mother would have loved for us to continue to go, but that just wasn't, I think it was really difficult for her being a single mom, you know, to try to drag her teenage daughters to go do something that they didn't want to do, you know, and she was exhausted too. And then in high school at that point, you know, my mom was working her full-time job. Plus we had the coffee shop and the coffee shop started. So we would also have to, you know, get things ready for that. We were closed on Sundays because it was a day of rest, but that didn't stop the work, right? We still had work to get things prepared to go shopping and buy what we needed for the next week ahead at the, at the coffee shop. So long story short, I lost that connection with going to church, with always having a consistent message being put forth in me. And, you know, throughout that time, throughout high school, up until maybe I was in, you know, like 23, 24, I really felt like I wanted to go back to church. Like I really felt this pull to, to start going to church, to start putting the faith in something else, 
to start seeking help that I intuitively knew was there for me. Whether or not I knew that or felt that, you know, I just felt this pull, this calling to go back. And about at that time, I was I was dating my ex, and that was a very, very hard relationship. It I've learned a lot of lessons from that relationship alone, which I believe I've talked a little bit about. You know, it was just a pretty abusive relationship. All the more reason I think why I felt that something needed to change, and you know, going to church would would help. Maybe could do that. Maybe could change me. Maybe could change him you know, fix us. (laughs) Right. So I went a few times, um, and I actually went to a Catholic church because my boyfriend at the time was Catholic, or at least that's how he was brought up. And while I liked it, it just didn't click with me. I did enjoy kind of the repetition of the prayers and doing worship in a different way than what I was used to. It was nice to keep an open mind and to to see how other people practice their religion. But, you know, inevitably I stopped going. I mean, and that was such a short period of time. So stopped going and you know, went through life and made a bunch more, (laughs) made many more mistakes on my end. I had, clearly I had a lot of learning to do. (laughs) I had a lot of growing. I had a lot of self-discovery that needed to happen for me personally. And because of the way I am and the way I'm designed I have a rebellious, <laughs> a rebellious spirit in a sense that I, I can't be told what to do. You know, I don't like other people telling me what to do. I am definitely designed to walk to the beat of my own drum. You know, I, I talk a little bit about human design, and it's funny that is one of my characteristics is that I walk to the beat of my own drum and that I'm very curious. So With that, you know, again, hindsight, I can see all of that clearly now. All right. How are you enjoying the episode so far? Oh, I love it. I am so glad that you're here, but I did have to interrupt real quick because I wanted to extend my special pricing for one-on-one coaching. Again, I know how nutso 2020 has been, and we're here, we're in the last month, like the light is at the end of the tunnel, but maybe you haven't taken time yet to even think about 2021, to consider how you're making yourself a priority in 2021. Now, as you've been hearing in the past episode or the past few episodes that we're all supported, but it takes us asking for that help. So I want to offer my help to you through one-on-one life coaching. My life coaching package is a three-month experience where we get to learn and grow together as a team. I bring in different modalities, breathing exercises. We do little meditations. I pull cards, but mostly this is the time for you to connect and to tune in, to really listen to what it is that is coming up for you and the direction that you want to go. 
it's all about me holding that space for you to let go of what is no longer serving you, to let go of that shame, of that guilt, of any anxious feelings, to reframe your thoughts around fear, around the unknown, and to fully know how supported and loved you are. There's so much freedom in that. And again, this is just a reminder that you don't have to do it alone, my friend. You really don't. So from now to the end of 2020, you can get special pricing for my one-on-one coaching. And in 2021, these prices will be going up. So take the opportunity now to secure your spot. And let's end 2020 on fire with so much clarity and direction for where you want to be and how you want to feel in 2021. I'm here for you. I cannot wait. Be sure to send me a DM over on Instagram or on Facebook. You can find me at either spot at the Chelsea Holden. Just let me know that you want in or you want some more information about it. And we can hop on a call together and figure out where you're at and where you want to go and how I know with every ounce of my being that I can get you there. All right. Now back to the episode. It wasn't until I moved to to Houston, me and that boyfriend split up. I had a little over a year maybe by myself. Then I met my now husband, Ronnie. And I remember the first time we met, the first day we hung out, we were hanging out at my apartment. We were playing music you know, just back and forth on, on YouTube, on my computer. And this was before, I think Pandora had just come out. Um, there was no Spotify at this time, but we were just playing music back and forth and just having really amazing conversation, you know, nothing felt forced. Everything just felt so comfortable and so right. You know, why we're married now (laughs) to say we were like instant friends. It was so nice. And I loved Ronnie's openness to share about his faith. And I don't think that I'd met anybody that so willingly came forth with that information and so strongly convicted in that as well. So right then and there, it just felt, to me, it felt comforting and refreshing Like, okay, here's this guy who I just met, who's so open to share with me that, you know, he's a Christian and his faith. And it made me really start, I guess, questioning my relationship with God again. You know, it opened that door back up and made me really start looking into that. And so part of one of the things, you know, a big part of our relationship and the whole foundation for our marriage is, is set in, in God and in Christ. And when we first, you know, when we first started dating, we had a lot of fun, but we knew that we needed this element in our relationship in order for it to be fulfilled. And, you know, a cord of three strands is stronger than one. 
is pretty much like our our foundational statement for our marriage. And because of that, we started going to church and we did it together as a couple. And it was so great and beautiful. And in that time before we got married, and I know I've talked about this too, I moved out six months before we were married because we were living together. I moved out and lived with an older couple who actually did our premarital counseling. And that was the first time that I had lived alone. I'd lived alone before, but it was the first time that I lived alone and that I was so intentional about developing my relationship with God, with my creator. And it was so, such a beautiful, intimate time, if that makes sense. I found a a real, I began to find a deep understanding of myself even during that time. And I loved it. I loved it. I loved talking to God. I loved just knowing that I can just open up and just talk when I needed to. Anytime I needed to, I felt comfort in knowing that he was always there and listening to me. So fast forward to, you know, 2017, when everything crazy went down in our lives. In that time, we weren't really going to church and I still had a good relationship with God. But, you know, with everything that happened in our lives, you know, with the flood, with losing my mother-in-law, with losing my father, with the news of my sister and cancer, you know, with just trying to figure out life and trying to keep our head above waters. It felt like, you know, there, I knew I couldn't do it alone. I knew I couldn't do it alone. And so that's when I connected with the group Polished and the women's ministry. And in that time, my faith grew even more. And I believe that our faith is like this muscle, right? It, it's something that we have to exercise all the time. It's something that we have to be intentional with if we want to see what it can do in our lives. So I was with Polish for about a year and felt that I needed to put more time into other things. And so I left that ministry and started pouring more into developing what it is I was going to do with my life, knowing that I wanted to create this podcast, knowing that there was more of me to give, that I myself have a message to share with people, that I know that I was born to do big things, that I was born to lead, that I was born to guide and to share and to be an example for people. You know, I see that more clearly now because of the work that I've put in. So I left in 2019, about a little after the summer of 2019, I left Polished. And then I came across Gabby Bernstein. And actually, in between that time, I was listening to the podcast with Oprah and Eckhart Tolle, the A New A New Earth. 
if you haven't listened to this podcast, um, it's actually a book. Eckhart Tolle wrote the book, New Earth, which I have not read, but I listened, Oprah created a podcast and I believe it's about 10 episodes and she goes through each chapter. She interviews Eckhart Tolle about each chapter to really dive deep and to answer questions. And she takes questions from, from callers and also reads questions that are submitted by people who are reading this book as well, just to understand it. And I remember listening to this podcast and I would go on my walks in the morning and I felt almost this like internal struggle. It was a struggle of my religion and my spirituality. And if, if you haven't felt this struggle, then you may not really know what I'm talking about. But if you have felt it, then maybe you, you know, you resonate with what I'm saying right now. But the comforting part of it was knowing that, you know, Oprah was a believer in Christianity as far as believing that Jesus Christ came and died for our sins and was resurrected and Eckhart Tolle the same way. And they referenced the Bible. So I had some comfort in that, but these ideas that were being brought forth to me and the questions that kept coming up for me on different levels was where my struggle was. And it was this this message, the ultimate message that I got from, from the whole podcast and, and that book essentially was that we are to be fully present now and in the moment. That now, what we're doing exactly now is the only thing that we have. That it does not do us any good. In fact, it does us only harm to replay all the events of our past and to worry about what's going to happen in the future and to know that we only have control over right now in this present moment and who we are in this moment. Woot! All right, it's time for another amazing testimony. And this has to be one of the best parts of the episode. Maybe not the best part, but it certainly is my favorite because I just get to relish in the beautiful words that you, the listener, send over, but also words and testimonies from my clients and from just beautiful strangers that follow me over on Instagram. If you're not already following me on Instagram, please do so and shoot me a DM. I would love to hear more about you and to get to know you and really just say hi and connect. But this one comes from a an amazing woman. She is seriously like a soul sister to me. She says, looking for a soul-centric life coach? Chelsea Holden is your girl. I completed a challenge with her and it was amazing. She is absolutely a beautiful soul and I highly recommend her. Thank you so much as a words of affirmation, love language girl. It truly does mean the world to me. And I am so grateful that you're here. Thanks for chiming in to this episode. And until next time, so much love and lots of light. Bye. 
Awesome. That was so much fun. I don't know about you, but I had such a blast. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Cup of Chelsea. And I am so freaking thankful that you're here and that you've decided to spend this time with me and listen in. I know you've got a lot of choices out there. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. If this episode resonated with you, or if you know it would be a great listen for somebody else, please don't keep me a secret. Be sure to share it, take a screenshot, post it on Instagram, use the hashtag CuppaChels, that's C-U-P-P-A-C-H-E-L-S, and also subscribe so you can always get the latest episode directly. And then if you're feeling up for it, leave me a review. I'm so grateful. Love and light. Adios.